0: Election College, episode number 219, Julia Gardner-Tyler.
1: Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts... Jason Goff and
0: Ben Smith. Jason, in our last episode, we talked about Priscilla and Letitia Tyler, President Tyler's wife, and then his daughter in law. In this episode, we're going to talk about the newcomer. We're going to talk about Julia, (laughs) the young wife, the young wife to be uh, at this point in our story. Of President Tyler.
1: Yeah, so Julia Gardner Tyler, she was born in 1820. So she's a bit younger if you've been remembering dates, which we expect every listener to remember when everybody was born. And she was born on Gardner's Island. And it's kind of interesting. You can go on a rabbit trail learning about Gardner's Island. Just know that to this day, it's still in the family. Uh, She's born there. It's off of Long Island, I believe, but she was the daughter of David Gardner, who was a landowner, and he was also a state senator for the state in, in the state of New York, and her mom was Juliana McLaughlin Gardner. So there she is. She's raised in East Hampton, and she was educated at the Shigari Institute in New York, so she was, you know, learning the ways, learning the way to be a proper lady there in the early 1800s.
0: So, in 1839, she does something absolutely, completely, positively scandalous. She appears in a newspaper advertisement with a man who she's not married to. No, she's not married to anyone, so especially not this guy. In an advertisement (laughs) for a middle-class department store. (gasps) Shocking. So, she is, you know, she's not quite, like, upper class, but she's certainly not lower class or middle class, even. And it gets so bad that, you know, the the publicity and the scandal gets so bad that her family goes to Europe to (laughs) let her notoriety kind of fall off a little bit and to make sure she doesn't, you know, fall into a scandal with publicity and everything. So they head off to London and then they go to England and France and Italy and Switzerland and Germany and Holland and Belgium and Ireland and Scotland for like a year. (laughs) You know what, Jason, I think if, if my family would just, whisk, if I would appear in a, in a newspaper ad and they would just like whisk me off to like eight different countries. I'd probably do it.
1: Yeah. It's like, Hey, scandalous person. <laughs> here's a field yeah. trip. Go enjoy yourself. I like it. What do you think? Do you think she told the people in Europe? Hey, my name is Julia and my family is wealthy and I, well, you know, I shockingly appeared in this magazine in an <laughs> ad. And uh, they're
0: like, what do you do? And she's like, I got my picture taken. (laughs) Fully clothed. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's that's the way to do it. Hey, you
0: mentioned you were joking a minute ago about how people, you know, we expect people to remember every date of everything. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's a joke. We don't really do that. But you don't. Well, yeah. It's funny because a lot of times when I talk to people about history... And just the fact that I said that makes me feel like a dork that I talk to people about history. But when I talk to people about history, they're like, I don't like history. I don't remember all those dates. I, probably anybody listening to episode 219 of this podcast understands, but it's not about the dates, guys. Like knowing what order things happened in is a little bit important, but like this history isn't what your history teacher probably made it out to be. You don't have to remember the month, day, time, year, etc. of everything, so... Just stop with that argument. Yeah. Again, I'm probably preaching to the choir here, but whatever.
1: Yeah, it is one of those things. You got to think about what's going on at that time. And I would much rather somebody know that, okay, so Julia, she's born in 1820. Well, what's going on in 1820? We know the country at that point, you know, feeling pretty good about itself because they had just come out of the war of 1812 and there's you know, these feelings of, yes, we are totally independent of Great Britain and it's an era of good feelings. And then to know that that birthed a split (laughs) eventually in parties and you had Jacksonian democracy and you had the Whigs and you had, you know, the curmudgeon lead John Q Adams as the loyal opposition to all of that. And, and just to know, What's going on? And, you know, I guess you can pull out your phone and Google it and pick out the date. But it just helps to have common sense. Just to know, okay, I'd rather have you no know common sense than a yeah. bunch of facts. That's right.
0: Anyway, off that soapbox for a minute, I suppose. I don't know. Maybe we need to say more now. Let's just stop right there for a minute. Yeah. So how how does this woman who is a scandalous magazine clothing model one time get to be the first lady jason
1: how does that happen well in 1842 she's 21 years old right she's a year back i mean not even a year like a half a year back from her trip to europe and she's in dc and she meets john tyler at a reception at the white house now john tyler he's still married at this point. Um, but his wife passes away in September of 1842. And he remembers this encounter with this young lady. And he's like, Hmm, she seems to be high spirited, a little bit different than Letitia, right? Cause Letitia, she was very devout and uh, sober. I was going to say somber, but more sober. And of course she had fallen ill, uh-huh. So he meets this girl, basically, you know, she's 30 years, his junior. And he's like, I'm going to look her up. And she's like, "Uh, you're old (laughs) and you're quiet. You're from the South. And in February of 1843, he's like, hey, baby, what do you think? You and me, let's get together. And she's like, no. So the poor guy, he just keeps asking and he's like, Hey, I I do
0: like you. Like, are you sure you don't like me? And she's like, no, I don't like you and I won't get married to you, but you want to hang out some more? And he's like, yeah, I guess so. Cause you know, every guy says yes when a girl wants to hang out with him, no matter what she says her intentions are. It's just our nature. And they keep spending time together and people are like, Hey, are you guys like a thing? And of course they're not a thing, but it kind of gets weird because he keeps proposing. So Julia and her sister, Margaret, and their father actually goes out on a presidential excursion on the Princeton. And the Princeton is a new steam frigate that had been commissioned and was heading out. And, uh, well, that's a bit of a story in and of itself, Jason.
1: Yeah. And it's a story worth telling because this is kind of a big deal. This is one of those things. You saw the movie. What was it? Was it? John Goodman, was it uh, King Ralph or something like that? Uh And, you know, you have the royal family at the beginning of the movie and they all get their picture taken and something happens, like, and they are all dead (laughs) by the time the picture is done being taken. Like, I don't know, the flash exploded or something like that. And so they're looking for an heir to the throne. Uh Well, this wasn't that dramatic, but it was pretty dramatic because the USS Princeton, it's floating down the Potomac, right? And everybody's like, ooh, ah, look at this new frigate. And uh, I don't think I've ever said that before. Look at this new <laughs> frigate. Uh, but yeah, look at this new frigate. It's pretty impressive. Dolly Madison, she's aboard. Uh, Thomas Hart Benton, he's a senator. Uh, I he's... was at her grave this week, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what was that like? Um,
0: we can talk about it on another show but uh, in more depth, but it was the one of the most bizarre things I've ever experienced. Like it... It did not feel at all like it was a president and first lady's grave. It was just like, here's this thing out in the middle of a field. You can go over there if you want. Yeah. Huh. Bizarre. Montpelier is a strange wow. and also really cool place.
1: We probably should do a whole episode on resting places of people. Yeah. Be kind of morbid. We,
0: we should do one on presidential homes and stuff like that, too. I, Those are things that are very interesting to
1: me. So anyway, Dolly Madison, Senator Benton. Uh, 400 other notable people from Washington are aboard this frigate. I just need to say frigate. I, I don't know. There's something that makes me feel good about saying that. Um, so Captain Stockton, he's the, you know, the captain of the ship. He's like, okay, we are going to woo the whole town here. Everybody's going to be surprised. They're going to think we're awesome. So She's she being the ship, right, has two long guns, peacemaker guns, right? And that sounds like, yeah, this is a good defensive thing for our country to have, Mm -hmm. these peacemaker long guns. And he shoots the guns, fires them three times down the river, and everybody's like, yes, this is awesome. Man. So the peacemaker guns, they're loaded to fire a salute to George Washington as it passes Mount Vernon. Hey, I was there too. And sorry, I'm yeah. just telling everybody about my personal adventures. Yeah. Well, everybody needs to know how cool you are. True. So <laughs> the guests aboard, they're like, Whoa, that's awesome. So they go below deck and they're eating some lunch and some refreshments. And Secretary Gilmer he, he's like, hey, let's all go up and see a final shot of the Peacemaker. Let's do it. And Captain Stockton pulls the firing lanyard and the gun bursts. It's left side. There was a weakness in there and it just bursts all over the place. This hot metal sprays across the deck and shrapnel is flying everywhere. And Secretary Gilmer is killed, Secretary, and he's Secretary of the Navy. The Secretary of State Upshur is killed, Captain Beverly Kennan. Uh, he was the Chief of the Bureau of Construction, Equipment, and Repairs, gone. Uh, Virgil Maxey, he was a Maryland attorney, he dies. And David Gardner, who is the father of Julia Gardner, he dies.
0: Yeah, and also the President's valet. Uh, His name is Armistead. He's a black slave. He also passes away. So there were a lot of other people injured, and some other crew members were injured and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a mess. And then later, President Tyler's like, hey, you know, these kind of things happen. Uh, Congress, you shouldn't, you should make sure that, like, when you're assessing the captain, Captain Stockton that did this, just make sure you don't let this kind of affect him badly. And I mean, I get where he's coming from. It's not his fault. There's a structural. you know, mess in his ship. But at the same time, it's kind of like, it's kind of funny that Tyler would write to defend him and be like, Hey, don't,
1: don't take this personally. Don't, don't, this is normal. Yeah. So back to Julia, right? I mean, that is who this episode is about. That's true. Yeah. So she thinks before this whole incident that John Tyler is a total square. He's old. (laughs) He's from the South and I don't want to have anything to do with him. But What ends up happening is she's really upset because her dad just died. And John Tyler is this comforting influence in her life. And he gives her, well, and she even said this, quiet strength. And he provides that for her. And wouldn't you know it, he asks her, to marry him once again, and she consents. And this was in 1844 at the George Washington Ball where he asks her to marry him. And she says, yep, let's do it. And they go up to Philadelphia because that's where every presidential honeymoon should take place, right? (laughs) Um, They go up there, uh, have a trip. They have a party at the White House. And they go over to Sherwood Forest, which is the plantation that Tyler decides to purchase because he knows he's going to be retiring soon. They have quite the quite the honeymoon. Yeah,
0: yeah. And you guys know the uh, the song "Hail to the Chief." It you know it's the song that always gets played when the president comes around. And this was played you know before uh, occasionally whenever the president was around. But when Julia becomes the First Lady, she's like, no, we're going to have this song played every time the president arrives somewhere, and that's going to be the case. And then uh, Sarah Polk, we'll talk about in the future, does the same thing, which kind of makes it uh, a tradition or an established practice or something like that. So you have her to thank for the use of, the frequent use of Hail to the Chief. And also, uh, we know that she hosted some pretty big White House balls, uh, One during the last month of President Tyler's administration for about 3,000 guests. So she was a bit of a a partier.
1: Yeah, so after President Tyler is no longer president, the Tylers go back to Sherwood Forest, and they live there. Mrs. Tyler, she's a northerner, and she kind of takes on the role of a southerner. Uh, She embraces uh, the life of a wealthy plantation owner, She writes a book called The Women of England Versus the Women of America, uh, which basically is telling England, hey, there's nothing wrong with slavery. She does live quite a number of years later than her husband. John Tyler passes away in 1862. She loses a lot (laughs) because, well, she depended on slave labor. So because of the abolition of slavery and, um, well, let's just face it, a lot of her children fought for and were um, very sympathetic to the Confederate cause. She's not a very popular person to be associated with.
0: Yeah, and she actually is targeted by some Union veterans when they find out that she's flying a Confederate flag. And uh, yeah, that's... Doesn't go well for her. Uh, She has some political battles with her brother, David, uh, which he basically sues her because he thought that she was kind of manipulating their mother because of her decreased mental capacity during her older age and things like that. So yeah, it's a whole mess for sure. She is one of the individuals who lobbies Congress for a pension for the First ladies. And they grant that to her. Uh, Congress ended up granting an annual pension of $5,000 to widows of former presidents. So she made sure that happened.
1: Yeah. Interestingly enough, and a lot of you already know this, but there are two Tyler grandchildren who are still alive. (laughs) Um, And a lot has to do with Julia being so much younger than him. Lion Gardner Tyler uh, was born in 1853 and he fathered Lion Gardner Tyler Jr. in 1924 and Harrison Ruffin Tyler in 1928. So get this, they're still alive and um, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, Julia suffers from a stroke and dies at the Exchange Hotel in Richmond. Mm-hmm. In 1889, she was 69 years old. Uh, She gets buried next to the president, President Tyler, that is, in Hollywood Cemetery in Richmond. So there you have it. Julia Tyler.
1: Yeah. I wonder what that dynamic was like. I know it was pretty tense with some of the uh, children of Letitia and John Tyler. Uh, They didn't care too much for their new mom. Uh, That's so wrong to say, yeah. because, you know, if you have kids in your 20s, your yeah. parent gets remarried. It's, it, it, Yeah. So, Ben, I got that from Only you. Only legally. Yeah. Only legally. Yeah. Right. So, anyway, um, definitely a different dynamic um, there in the Tyler household. So, it's like having two completely different families.
0: What a crazy ride.
1: Yeah. Hey, and... You know, we're all family. So one of the best ways you can interact with your family is on social media, right? And, well, I like to think of it as kind of a virtual kitty table. At Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you can find us at Election College. Talk to your cousins for once. That's (laughs) right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And make sure that you also head over to iTunes and leave us a review. You would want to leave your cousins a review, right? Because that's the family thing to do. Go ask your mom, and she'll guilt you into it if if we don't. Leave your cousins a review on (laughs) iTunes. Find Election College, even if you don't listen to us in iTunes. It really helps us out.
1: Yeah. So whether you're listening to this podcast or not, the point is leave us a review. Right. Just, I don't know how you would find us, but that's what family does.
0: That's right. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.